Welcome to the Remy and Casey Show podcast. If you ever miss the show on 92.3 WIL each morning from 6 to 10 a.m., you can always listen right here whenever you want. Thanks for listening. Remy and Casey. Casey, your trunk is the talk of the town. I don't know if you know this, but it was going pretty crazy there on uh, Facebook yesterday. And by my trunk, he means a trunk that I had bought from a like vintage craft fair fest over the weekend. <laughs> craft fair fest. So yeah, you bought this like late 1800s trunk, you know, obviously because it looks cool. You want to put your sheets in there? I've just, yeah, I've just always wanted one. Throw blanket's whatever. You just got them in there. When I saw it, I was like, that's so detailed. It's mine. And then you open it up. And there's this like creepy girl in a blue bonnet. Truthfully, I opened it up on site. And you thought that looked cool? Yeah. You thought yeah, I, I like this little this little <laughs> babe in a bonnet. I was like, whoa, you never see that kind of stuff. With her eye gouged out. Whoa, the paper just ripped. By her eye? Look, this whole thing is crazy. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it, but I've been thinking a lot about it over the past 24 hours. And a lot of people on Facebook have chimed in and they've they've said, like, you know, we've had one of these in our family for years. Um, a lot of people are saying that the dog, because you had said that Zeus, your boyfriend's dog, has been staring at it nonstop. Well, they're thinking that the reason why he might be staring at it is because it has a weird smell to it. Which does, is also true. Does it smell weird? Yeah, when you open it up and you put your head close... It definitely smells like old. Um, there's uh, Shelly says, I have the same trunk dated 1872, 100 years before my first child was born. Bought it before I had children. Uh, there's uh, My parents had one of these, and now my brother has it. I always thought it was really neat. If you like it, then keep it. The dog will get used to it. The dog will figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you this story because I was looking around yesterday, and I just wanted to know if like items can be haunted. Yeah, and I mean, if you've ever seen in, like the movie Annabelle or anything like that, it's that's what the whole movie is about, like a spirit living inside of an object. Yeah, so here we are. We've got this trunk, and uh, I, I found this article, and this woman wrote into a paranormal, web, paranormal website, and she said, Hi there. My husband loves old trunks. It was his birthday, so I went searching on the internet. I found one that I could afford. Looked like a treasure chest, like yours. I brought it home, started treating the wood, and as I was treating the wood, odd things began to happen, and I brushed it off. Uh, I kept going. Uh, The power kept going out, she said, and the doorbell rang, but no one was there. And so she just stopped treating the wood. She said the trunk gave her kind of an odd vibe. It was about a week after they couldn't sleep. They were uh, being woken up by sounds from downstairs. She said that she couldn't put it in the bedroom. She had to put it in the kitchen just to keep it in the kitchen. Well, there was weird noises coming from the kitchen. Uh, she said, my husband and I awoke to the sound of blaring white noise on TV sets, all three levels of our house. So not just like the basement or the main floor, but all three levels. And she said that always happened around 3 a.m. She, Ooh, which is the witching hour. Yeah, she jumped out, uh, you know, obviously turning off all those alarms. She it got so bad because their alarms would go off in the house. Ugh. Like the alarm company would not call. You know how like, I don't know, we have Simply Safe at our house. So it's like. If it goes off, they call you. They're like, hey, you good? Yeah, you good? Here's, what's your code word? And they just never called. 
Like it just kept going off. And like friends and family aren't supposed to be notified. It just kept going off. It just kept going off. So they eventually, it got so bad, they moved. And they left the trunk in the garage when they left. Isn't that crazy? Who are these people? I don't know who they are. It's just, a, it's a story. It's a letter that somebody wrote into one of these paranormal websites. Crazy. That is crazy. You've invited... Some scary stuff into your into your house there. That we think I'm we don't a, we don't fully know. I'm a little nervous for you. I'm a little nervous. I don't want to jump to. I here's the thing. Once you acknowledge it, that only makes it worse. So I don't <laughs> want to acknowledge it until we get a professional in the house and actually check out this thing because I do think it's really cool. I think it's an awesome thing to have. Also, we found out that these are kind of worth a lot, a lot more than I paid for. Yes. I reached out to the guy that appraised your painting that you found. Yeah. Jonathan Codner. So he's actually going to appraise this thing too. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. We'll, we can start there. We'll start there, and then we'll see if it's haunted, and then you can decide whether or not you want to sell it for $10,000 or whatever it's worth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll figure it out. However, I do think I need a paranormal person to actually check it out and be like, oh, yeah, we are chilling. Or... I never thought that the Wicked Wednesday would be us, but here we are. Here we are. We were like, maybe we'll just tell creepy stories about other people. Yeah. Nope. Nope, it's us. 31 mornings of Halloween, powered by Johnny Brocks. If you want to see Casey's trunk... It's on the 92.3 WIL Facebook page. What? It's there. You had talked about this yesterday, uh, how your boyfriend and you were having an argument over cooking. And I want to get your story before I, I lay my opinion in here. It's not necessarily that we were arguing. It's just one of those things that you realize like someone might have been raised a little bit differently, oh, okay. a micro bit differently. A micro bit. Okay. Yeah. So we were going to make on. frozen pizzas and... I'm the one standing in the kitchen, so I rip them open. I throw them on the rack, and then put in 400, close the door. He panics. Uh You're not supposed to do that. Uh You're supposed to let it heat up before you put it in. (laughs) It'd be awesome if he actually sounded like that. And then then he goes, you do that all the time. You put stuff in the boiling water before it boils. You're supposed to wait. And I'm like, why does it matter? Well, it, it does matter. It does matter. Why? But you've been doing this your whole life, so I want to know. Yeah. So if you put a, if you put a, like, say you're going to make a pizza, right? Casey's going to pop a pizza in the oven, not preheated. How long does it take for that pizza to cook? So it depends. So you look at the box. Yeah. And it says put it on 400 for, let's just say, seven to nine minutes, which it's always dumb that they say that they should just say eight minutes anyway. Four hundred for it, seven to nine minutes. It'd be too precise. I don't know what we're ta- why we're we talking about precision here. <laughs> <laughs> for seven to nine minutes, I throw it in. I shut the door. Put it on. Boop, 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 seven four, minutes. Four hundred. Yeah. And then I look at the time on my phone. I say I'll go check in ten minutes. Okay. And usually, if you add three to five minutes onto whatever it's going to be, you should be good. And your and your crust is crunchy, crispy. Yeah, I mean, never am I like disappointed with it. Also, if I go check it and it doesn't look done, you leave it in for two minutes. Yeah. Or if you go check it and you're like, "Ooh, she, she's steamy," then you pull it out. It's gonna be <laughs> fine. So the the question is, do you preheat the oven before you put 
a pizza in or anything you're making, or do you boil the water first and then put the pasta in, or do you put the pasta in when the water's cold? Oh, yeah, because, girl, you just throw those nudes in, then fill it up with water. That's how you know you have enough. Yeah. Then put it on the stove. See, I've just always, I've, I grew up under the impression that the reason you preheat the oven is so you have a nice solid baseline of this is about 400 degrees, and then you know exactly how long it's going to take-ish for your pizza to cook, depending on, you know, where you place it high, low in the oven. Which actually makes a lot of sense considering the way you live your life that I think a lot of normal people wouldn't understand, but now I do. Now you do. Remy's a very rule-following, this is how it's done. <laughs> it's preheated. <laughs> now it's in exactly seven minutes. Yes. Get out of my way. Now we're good. But I could I could also see your point to where like it's just wasted time to it's wasted time and energy to preheat the oven. You might you might get a, a little bit of time back on that. But then with the pasta, like I've just always had to boil the water and then put it in. Because again, with the same thing, once you get it to boiling, it's a certain temperature and then you can read the box and it's like 11 minutes till al dente. Boom. Yeah, I guess I never, with pasta, I never actually look at the time or the temp. I just let it boil until I know that it's soft enough and then I pull it out. Will you change your ways? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like I totally understand everybody. She ain't changing. My dad is on your side. Gingerbread man's on your side. Me and my mom don't got time for that. Wow. Okay, so your mom is on. Okay. Which makes sense because she's the one who, you know, like taught me how to use like an oven or a microwave or whatever. Is she a baker? No. Okay. So she's not actually. Dana doesn't really cook. But you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> She's listening right now like, my, my secret's out. I go to Cracker Barrel for everything. <laughs> well, what do you do? Do you do you preheat the oven? Is there a right way, a wrong way how to do this? I don't know. I've just always been taught to preheat the oven. You know, it's the instruction, so that's what you do. But Casey, uh, she's a rebel. You can call us if you have strong feelings about it. I'd yeah. love to hear. Or... You can take the poll on our Instagram story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we put a poll up on the Insta story, 923WIL, or you can call 314-954-9230. Get in on this preheat, pre-boil debate today. Yeah. That's where we're at. 923, hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, I was just calling about preheating the oven and boiling water. I do not do either of those. I just throw the noodles in and throw the pizza in. That's what I'm saying, girl. Your intuition tells you when it's done, and if it doesn't, well, then you can probably just make something else. <laughs> I agree. So you just, is it just like a look and feel thing? Like you're taking a noodle out like every minute to see if yeah. it works, and like that's just how yeah. that goes? You just throw one at the on wall. It. If it sticks, it's done. If it doesn't, leave it. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> What's that... your name? Samantha. Samantha, thanks so much for calling and agreeing. No problem. Have a good day, guys. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Casey, you're such an amazing chef, um, and <laughs> and I look up to your I look up to your intuition and your precision when it comes to uh, cooking things. Ken says, Ugh. "Does Casey not have patience?" Um, Casey with a C says, <laughs> "It clearly states on the box to preheat." Chuck says, "I'm with her. No need to wait on preheating or bringing to a boil. Waste of time." Melissa says, "I don't preheat." It just feels like a guideline. Like it's there in case you need it. If not, have at it, you know? Cassie says, no, Casey's right on point here. So it looks like it's about 50-50 on the Facebook page right now. Leave us your thoughts. What do you think? Do you preheat the oven before putting a pizza in? Do you pre-boil your water before you put the pasta in? Yeah, it's we need just... Someone, we need like someone from like... Um, 
like the hill, like Favaza's the call. Like how do you? Oh yeah. How are you boiling your pasta? Well, they've got those like that like brick oven stuff and. I'm sure they've got like the finest in Italian technologies over there. But I'd like, love to hear. I'm, yeah, I know. I just mean they're probably doing it differently. How, so how do they do I it would from love the old to hear world. their opinion. Yeah, I want to know how the old world does it boils pasta. All I'm saying is, if I'm making pizza, frozen pizza, I'm in too much of a rush to be preheating anyway. <laughs> so it'll be fine. I'm gonna save myself three and a half minutes on this last. <laughs> By putting it in the oven straight off the bat. Oh, yeah. Bringing Nashville to St. Louis with Casey Covers Country on 92.3 WIL. We're talking about wedding anniversaries. Remy, how long have you and Lauren been together? We'll be 10 years in May. Wow. I know, right? So. We need to go to Australia or something. Yeah, you actually do. You should celebrate that big time. Yeah. Thomas Rhett posted a picture yesterday of he and Lauren looking like... High schoolers, I think they were really only like 22, maybe 21 or 22 when they got married. Mm-hmm. Probably 22. That's yeah. my guess. Yeah. And they look so young. And he has this big long caption that says, this photo was taken, a field, taken in a field in Tennessee in 2011. I knew from that night that we were going to get married and grow old together. So here we are nine years into marriage. I'm so thankful to God every day that you said yes to marrying me. What a wild ride of it being us two for five years and now having three more Yeah, with our fourth baby on the way. Can't wait for the next 50 years. It's amazing how all of that just like changes. Like you look back and within within 10 years of Lauren and I being married, my Lauren, not Thomas Ruff's Lauren. Right. Uh, yeah, we've got two children, three dogs. You know, we've, we've been in three houses that we've yeah. purchased. You know, there's just so much that has happened. So... But he said something. He said, when you know, you know. And that is 100% true. There you go. I put my stamp of approval on that statement. It's also Kane Brown and his wife, Caitlin's third wedding anniversary. And Kane Brown wrote, happy anniversary to my rock, my best friend, the best mom and wife I could ask for. From 21 years old to 28, I can't wait to grow even older with you. Nice. Yeah. So Lots of long, long relationships in country music, which I like. Yeah. It always seems like you, they come, for the most part, it seems like they kind of meet somebody at a younger age. And I like country music because I feel like you ride it out with that person. Yeah. Like how one person will go and get famous or st- become a country superstar, yeah. like Thomas Rhett, and that person rides it out with you. Before I don't, the millions. Before the millions. Uh-huh. I don't know that if all other genres really work out that way. Yeah. Real news is lame. This is Unprofessional News on 92.3 WIL. Put it on the scale and this bag is five and a half pounds overweight. So really quick, we're like, oh, we've got to rearrange some stuff. Opens it up and... What's inside? What do you think is inside of the bag? A snake. No? Um, Don't tell me it's a pet. But just think you're like going to the airport. You're ready to take off. You know what I mean? And everybody's always worried about being over 50 pounds. That's the thing. You don't want to be over 50 pounds because mm-hmm. if you do, then you got to pull out like underwear and bras and stuff. And put, and it, put on. it Put it on or put it in your carry-on or whatever. They found their dog. No. Yes. This dog, apparently, he says, is their burrowing dog and likes to burrow himself in blankets and covers and... 
Oh my gosh, how did he not like suffocate in there? I have no idea. Oh my gosh, I don't love this. <laughs> Imagine finding your dog at the airport. Then what do you do? Thank God he found it at the airport and not after it had been bounced around on that plane for however many hours. And yeah. then they ended up in like Mexico or somewhere. I don't know if it would have gotten through it, the x-ray. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. You know what? That's a better point. You're trying to smuggle this dog? No, it's our dog. He just likes to burrow. I don't know. So a Southwest agent offered to babysit the dog. How awesome is that? That's really nice. So this is before all the Southwest turmoil that's been happening over the past couple weeks. So that they didn't have to go back home and miss their flight. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I just, I can't even imagine. I would would have been so nervous just in general for my bag saying like 55 pounds or whatever. But then to find the dog... It's crazy. Oh and the fact that it didn't make any noises. Anyways, next it, story. He probably did. He couldn't hear him under all those underwear. <laughs> Singer Demi Lovato is taking a stand for extraterrestrials. During an interview with Pedestrian, Lovato claimed that aliens is a derogatory word for extraterrestrials. She then went on to explain the otherworldly be- beings do not present a threat to humans, which is why the term aliens is inappropriate. This is a real story. This is real life right now. <laughs> she is standing up for aliens. Sorry, extraterrestrials. I heard this yesterday. <laughs> and I thought, wait till I get into work to talk to Remy. <laughs> because you are the alien guy. So, okay, what are your thoughts? Are we being offensive to aliens by calling them aliens? Should they be called extraterrestrials? Because in my head, I never think of the word alien as meaning not here or not supposed to be here. I think yeah. of the word alien being like those green things. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, the, the first and g- most glaring problem with this is you have to assume that whatever the form is, extraterrestrial, whatever it is, they don't speak, speak English. the same language as us <laughs> and have the same meaning with words as us. Yeah. Anyways, I would imagine if they're showing up at our planet, they've got some pretty awesome technology to do so. But she apparently has a new docuseries coming out called Unidentified with Demi Lovato, where she's joined by her sister, Dallas, and their friend, Matthew Montgomery, as they travel across the country and search for the truth about the UFO phenomena. I've watched Demi Lovato's docuseries every time that she comes out with one. And every time I just... Lean a little further back. (laughs) No hate. No No hate. hate. No hate. Just it's uh, just I don't know if that's what I mean. A lot of people lean into things. I'm leaning away. Leaning away. I don't. I don't need the alien chase. That's what I'm saying. I don't need the alien chase. Although that would be fun, I think. Next story. If I text you, Casey, and I say I'm running late, how many minutes late will I be? Oh, you're running late. Here's the thing. If Remy's running late. It's Armageddon. Because <laughs> Remy cannot run late anywhere. He refuses. If you're running late to work, we're supposed to start the show at 6. You're getting here at 5. <laughs> Sorry, I'm running a little behind an hour. Uh, anyways, uh, I guess when, when normal people text that they're running late, the average answer is 5 to 10 minutes. Uh, 6% said that they still expect the person to be on time. 9% said less than 5 minutes is late and 51% said five to 10 minutes. So on that scale, if someone says, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm running a little late. Five to 10 minutes is like the most acceptable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right with me. If I'm running late, I'm running still early. Yeah. I'm still running late. He's still early. If I ever text you that I'm late, I agree. It's probably going to be five to 10 minutes after when you would expect me. If I tell you I did not wake up on time, 
figure it out. <laughs> I'll be there when I be there. That's when you need to worry. That's when you get rolled out of bed, Casey. Exactly. <laughs> I've reached that point in the morning again, Remy versus Casey. Today for grabs, Dirk's Bentley tickets as well as Midland for our winner today, Jana in Gillespie, Casey in Dittmer. Cassie. Cassie, sorry. Apologies, I say Casey way too much in a day. True. <laughs> uh, Jana was on the phone first, so Jana, who do you think is going to win today? Is it Remy or Casey? My son wants me to go with Casey. Okay. All right. Well, I see where this is going. Let's see who wins. This is the fight of our lives. It's time for Remy versus Casey on New Country 92.3 WIL. Rolling on to Wednesday in the month of October. We are at a 3-3 tie. Remy was down, came back yesterday with a win. Now, winner takes the lead. Yeah, yeah. No pressure. Uh, Remy, you won yesterday, so you're going to go first today. Casey will start out in the hallway. It's a game of categories, three different categories. You've got 10 seconds to name as many things that apply as you possibly can for that category. So this is fall. We've got a fall-themed category game. Are you ready for Um, this? Yes. This is scary movie-themed. Your first category, simply... Scary movies. Go. Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Halloween, uh, It, um, Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus. Ooh, Hocus Pocus did not make it. Oh, come on. Just barely missed, but a good outing. I was going to tell you guys at first that we weren't going to do the one, two, three, and four, <laughs> but you stopped like perfect timing on it. If you would have went like seven, eight, nine, ten, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but we're good. You, you got had a strong outing. Very good to start. Category number two, 10 seconds on the clock. Think of those scary movies. I want you to name the villains or killers in them. Uh, Go. Uh, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Mike Myers. Um, the hook guy and I know what you did last summer. Um, man, that one was hard. I'll give you credit for that because I don't know that guy's name, but I know the character. Like By the a, way, that was one of the most terrifying movies when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. It was horrifying. He was a semen or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> semen with a hook. <laughs> Category number three, 10 seconds, no pressure. Weapons used to kill people in scary movies. Go. Knife, gun, scythe, uh, fire, uh, claws. Freddy Krueger has claws. Uh, hockey stick. Um, All right, another good outing. Oh. How do you feel? You feel good? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I feel pretty good about that. You should feel good. You started off well. You kept it up throughout. Now Casey comes in for her round. Okay, so we uh, have had themed fights, themed contests so far this month. You got another one today, Casey. The category is scary movies. The first round is going to be scary movies. Ten seconds, go. Nightmare on Elm Street. The haunting of the the haunting of Hill House, the movie. The Shining. The Pet Cemetery. All right. Holy cow. I could not Tough get start. any out. Tough and you're start. in it right now. You're watching them like every night. I'm in it pretty deep, yeah. Just the season. Yeah. Kick it in gear. Let's go. Okay. Round number two. Think of those scary movies, the villains and killers that are in them. Go. Jack Nicholson in The Shining. The Freddy Krueger. Scream with the mask on. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> cow in Halloween Town. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That works. It, it, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take you it. understood. 
Remy said the the guy with the hook from I Know What You Did Last Summer. He got a point for that, yeah, so we're all good. good one. We're all good. Okay, uh, you need a strong performance here, Casey. Last round, weapons used to kill people in scary movies. Go. A hook, a knife, a gun, a butter knife, um, fire, <laughs> paranormal spirits. Uh <laughs> I said fire too. I don't know. <laughs> Do any of them use fire? Carrie, uh, Carrie, Carrie torched the house, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah there you go. go. Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay. Um, wow. Not sure how to how to break all this down, but here we go. Uh, category number one overall was scary movies. Um, Casey struggled a little bit there. Yeah. You got four. Remy, your best category. You picked up eight. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Eight, yeah. four. Remy leads through round one. Four round of those number were the two. Scream movies. Scream one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a smart guy. <laughs> uh, round two was scary movie villains or killers. Uh, Remy, not a strong performance. You had four. Mm-hmm. Not your best. Casey, you also had four. Yeah. So uh, kind of stayed... In on pace there. So right now it is uh, 12 for Remy, 8 for Casey. Casey needs a big last round. Remy, in your final round, category was weapons used in scary movies. You had a total of six. That's right. I know how to kill him. 18 total. <laughs> He's a dangerous man. <laughs> Casey, you need 10 here. <laughs> By the look on your face, you know how this goes. Uh-oh. You picked up five, and Remy Let's takes go. the win. He's streaking over here. He is streaking uh, with his knives out. damn scream movies. Let's go. Remy. 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 Oh, sorry, Jana. Your son was wrong. Should have stuck with the boys. Cassie's our big winner in Dittmore today. Do you want to go see Dirks Bentley or do you want to go see Midland? Dirks Bentley. All right, Cassie, we've got you those uh, Dirks Bentley tickets. And Jana, we'll set you up with the Midland tickets. You don't go home a loser. Totally. But uh, uh, I am I am streaking now. Nobody's a loser around here except for me today. Yes, that is very true. And yesterday. And it feels good that you're losing. Thanks. Because I am streaking. We really should have made that rule. No Halloween. One, two, three, four. Scream. One, two, three, four. You know what? Next time. Next time we'll do that. How okay. about that? I'll okay. remember next that time. Next Let's year. go. Nobody likes real news. This is the unprofessional news on 92.3 WIL. It was about 2 a.m. playing video games, Grand Theft Auto, funny enough. I'm naked. I'm naked in my house. Like, you know, I'm, I'm relaxing. So I come out the house naked and... Sure enough, there's somebody under my car. From out of my car, and I, I end up getting his phone off of him. It's not the end of the world to me, but there's people out there that, you know, that wake up in the morning, they're not expecting it, and now they have no way to get to work. Why would a naked man run out of his house screaming and yelling and trying to fight a guy? Catalytic converter! You nailed it. Yep. Dude had just cut off this guy's catalytic converter from his car, and he wrestled him to the ground naked. And got, took his phone. He got his phone. He got his catalytic converter back. And the guy ran off. <laughs> he oh said my it was, gosh. It was like a $200 repair to put it back on. Better than a $2,000 uh, yeah. they're very one. They're very expensive. And because there, there's so many that are being stolen right now, there's a shortage, obviously. But people are stealing catalytic converters for the, like, I think it's like rhodium and a couple other metals that can be 
pawned off for money, essentially. What a movie moment to think that this is the route I'm choosing today. I'm going to go and get me a catalytic converter. Boom. Chink. The job is done. I'm sliding out from under the car. <laughs> Naked Nakedness. <man. laughs> All upon ya. Stealing your phone. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, at least he, he took a stand. Next story, Expedia just released its annual travel hack report, and they've got some pretty specific advice on how to save money on flights. The best day to book is on a Sunday, at least 21 days before you want to fly. Rates start going up around three weeks before a flight, so they say the ideal time to book is four to five weeks in advance, and you can save an average of 5% on domestic flights or 10% on international flights. Isn't that pretty crazy? I, I feel like there's always that that one thing that everybody knows that you just don't know. Like all the tra- the people who travel all the time are like, oh, yeah, Sunday. Book 20, it on Sunday. 21 days before, Avi. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. But now I do, thanks to Expedia. So Write that down. Yeah, if you're going anywhere, make sure to book 21 days out on a Sunday. Next story. Casey, would you ever buy a house with a bunch of your friends? We've talked about this, me and my friends. Like, hey, you all want to go in on a house in, you know, like we've, the lakes or somewhere? Yeah, we've joked about it before. Like, but actually buying a house with your friends. Like, say, I don't know, you buy... I'd have to be real specific on which friends. Larger house, you know, so you could fit everybody. Yeah. But you're in the same house. Like, it would... All of my friends, we all have children. And that house would never be quiet, Ever. Right. So uh, that's or my like only drawback. you want to go out there at one point, maybe just to like a uh, you guys weekend and then somebody else ends up there. I don't know. <laughs> it just would really depend on the friends. It's becoming more common for friends to pool their money together and buy houses together, mainly because it's the only way that young people can afford to buy a home these days. I could see if you're, if you're single, if... You know, you're just dating at the time. Maybe you have really, really good friends or just married. Maybe this is like something that could be... Oh, like roommates. Yeah, like it's essentially like you're having a roommate, right? Totally. Uh, They say the number of co-buyers with different last names has soared 771% in the last seven years. Not all those people are buying homes together, but a lot of them are. And I would also assume that when it comes to just like co-buyers with different last names, I think that also accounts to people buying homes together who aren't necessarily married, like couples that aren't getting That's married true. until yeah. later on. Yeah, that would that would fall into that category as well. But uh, we've we've joked about it often, like get a big plot of land, you know, a big enough house to where we wouldn't really need to like interact so much, commingle if we needed to, or have big dinners or whatever. But I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be fun. To live on a big plot of land. I'd be out there four-wheeling every day, fishing, just out in nature. Yeah, but just imagine then instead of two kids, you'd have six. <laughs> so we I think we'd have we'd have nine with all of our friends. No thanks. <laughs> no. Uh the blues will take on the avalanche on the road for the season opener Saturday, puck drop at eight, and you can find more unprofessional news at 923WIL.com. You'd be standing out in the field like that's my boy, and that's my boy, <laughs> and that's my other boy who's not really mine, but he is. Remy and Casey. All right, we're going to go on a little journey here. We got we to gotta travel just a little bit outside the listing area today for Famous Friends. You cool with that? Let's do it. All right. We've got some famous friends you've probably never heard of. Back in Williamson County, our crowd is second to none. Where is Williamson?
Madison County, you ask? Well, it's just outside of Carbondale. An Illinois girl is receiving a big honor for saving her younger cousin's life. 11-year-old Alana Campbell has received the Girl Scout Medal of Honor for saving her 6-year-old cousin Piper Morris's life. The girls were swimming together one day uh, this summer when Morris started to have a seizure and Campbell run, ran over to her, kept her afloat, and carried her across the pool to her grandmother to get Morris out of the water. Campbell said she knew that she had to do something in the moment that it happened, adding it really didn't have, I really didn't have too much time to think about it. So she went with her gut, she saved a life, and that's why she's a, one of our famous friends, and I think. she's a six-year-old. Yeah. No, no, 11. 11. I was like really impressed. I'm still impressed. Yeah. 11 years old. That's amazing. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And if you've got a famous friend you think we should know about, download the 92.3 WIL app and send us a message. We'd love to honor those who are doing great things in the community. 92.3 WIL. Tim McGraw hopping off stages to kick some booty. Yeah, I saw this video. Wait, so do you know where this took place? I think I missed that much. Um, Man, I want to say it was like San Antonio or something, but let me, I'll look while you talk. Okay, so Tim McGraw performing a concert. What of it? Everybody's having a great time. He's singing Where the Green Grass Grows. Everybody's just swaying along, living their best life. Reno. In Reno. <laughs> and there are some hecklers in the crowd because I guess he got some of the words wrong to his songs or maybe a lot of the words wrong. I don't know. Supposedly, that's why it began because he was getting words wrong. Oh. So people in the crowd are like saying things that they say. Boo, you suck. Yeah. To Tim McGraw. Who doesn't? To Tim McGraw. (laughs) I think they were throwing up the bird and all of a sudden you see a flip switch in his head and he's like, I'm going to let. And he stands there. Yeah. Feet planted, chest puffed, eyebrows furrowed, ready to rock your world. <laughs> he jumps off that stage and he says, You got a problem with me? You got a problem with me? <laughs> I thought he was going to fight those fans. Yeah. Luckily, security and I think his manager like ran and jumped with him, kept him safe, kept the people safe. But he was down there for a good like I want to say two to three minutes going off yeah, and band, allowing them to go off as well. The band just kept going, though. The band just kept <laughs> going. Like, even in the background, of there are little videos that people took on their phones that they've posted from this incident. And in the background, you just hear... Yeah. Because they just kept on jamming. Just like as if loop. nothing was going on. Yeah, this is this is uncharacteristic. I feel like for Tim McGraw because he's he, at this point in his career, he's seen it all, he's lived it all, he's been through it all. As far as like what you see on stage, you know, people fighting in the crowd, or people heckling you, or whatever the case may be, right? So it it kind of makes me upset that he like let it get to him. You know what I mean? It makes me upset. Well, no, it doesn't really. Because I'm imagining all the shows that he's played in his whole life, and this is the only time we've really seen this from him. Yeah. So, but also I'm thinking from his point of view, okay, if you're being so distracted during your show by this one person, like, what do you do in that moment? How do you get security's attention to, hey, get this guy out of my face? That's or, what he, I, he just had to come down. Yeah. He just had to come off stage and, and, and point him out. And then yeah. they walked this dude out. True. So they did actually get him out of the out of the venue, but as they should. I don't know. I I know there is a classier way that it should have been done in. I just don't know what it would have been like if I was in that scenario. Yeah. 
Are you thinking about the one fan that's heckling you or the 20,000 fans that are also paying to see your show? Exactly. You know what I mean? And and look, we all we all go through that where it's like you get a troll on Facebook and you're like, I am opening up a can on the internet. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, we all have those moments. But uh, it was just weird to see that from Tim McGraw. Who, it was. Who seems so put together, you it know? It was weird to see him like instant fury. You could see it in his face. Yeah. If you haven't seen this video, I posted a link on our Facebook page and you can find it there. Otherwise, I don't really want to draw a ton of attention to it because we still love Tim regardless. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, this won't deter him from anything. Mm-hmm. On the way out today, but we had a fun show. We had Dirk Bentley on the show. That, he was great. Yeah, so he's going to be uh, at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on the 21st. Very excited for that. Uh, we had an awesome debate about do you preheat the oven or boil the water before you put the pasta in? Because Casey does not. <laughs> Casey apparently does not have time for instructions. She's just going for just it. throw that thing in. Yeah. Just put the noodles in right away. I promise it'll all come out the same as long as you, know, you don't, like, leave the house. Eventually, yeah, but if you want precision accuracy with your cooking, which it seems like you don't care about. I'm on a time budget. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to get that inconsistent noodle from Casey. If it sticks to the wall, it sticks to the wall, <laughs> and that's it. I love that you use that. Please tell me that there's, this, like, noodle slime all over your <laughs> all over your wall. Do you guys do that at home? No. I think you should. <laughs> I think he should go home and make like spaghetti tonight or something. And when Lauren's not expecting it, just take out one single strand. <laughs> yeah. If I'm unsure, I'll usually just like hand it over to her and have her taste it to see if it's <laughs> al dente or not. You know what I mean? You keep saying that. You don't know what al dente means? No. Like finished? Well, al dente is like, I don't know the exact terminology, but that's like the what you should be eating your nudes at. The Whatever f- firmness level of the pasta. We've talked way too much about. I really want to know firm now. Noodles, pasta or rice that is cooked to be firm to the bite. That's what that means. So yes, uh, we talked about that, and we also talked about your trunk. And we need to talk about your trunk a lot more because we're gonna get that thing appraised. A, B, we're gonna get someone from the Paranormal Society in here. You might have to bring this trunk into work one day, and we're gonna have it analyzed right here in the studio. If we're not talking about my trunk or my car trunk, we're talking about a trunk that I bought. Yes, an 18th century or an 1800s like steamer trunk. You know, you've seen these stagecoach yeah, trunk. You would travel with. You put blankets in them. They're decorative, that kind of thing, right now, but. Uh, some weird things have been happening in Casey's home now that she's purchased this thing. Yeah. And it's super creepy. You can see those photos at 923wil.com. Uh, They're also on the Facebook page. And if you missed anything from the show today, the Dirks interview or whatever, you can always listen to the podcast. Just search Remy and Casey wherever you find your podcast. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out. You can catch the Remy and Casey show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 a.m. on 92.3 WIL on your radio. Or download the 92.3 WIL app. You can also enter to win concert tickets and use the feedback feature to participate in the show and join the conversation.